0: The Hawkeye Huddle on 1700 The Champ. Interact with the show on Twitter at Hawkeye Huddle and at Hawkeye Huddle 2.
1: And hello again everybody. Welcome to the Hawkeye Huddle here on 1700 The Champ. Brett Ridge, Dave Creighton Jr. with you. Live from G-Migs in West Des Moines, Iowa.
0: Can I check and see if this is working? Thank you, it is. Is it? (laughs) Seems to be.
1: Just in the nick of time. Uh, if you want to uh, head on down tonight here at GMIGS, steak night as usual on Tuesday. Roasted red
0: potatoes.
1: Roasted red potatoes with that. And you also get a salad and uh, a vegetable, I believe, when you get that as well. I- and lots of other good food here available at GMIGS. We'll be here for the next hour talking everything in the world of the Iowa Is Of course, this last weekend, <clears throat> a little bit, uh, a little bit underwhelming. In terms of uh, what we were hoping to see on the football field, in some ways, though, we saw some good things. So we'll have to talk about that as well. Iowa takes it on the chin ten to three from Michigan up in the Big House. It, boy, ten it almost, to three is almost, taking it on the chin. Almost. Yeah, it's just it's just a, a little pop, a little pop. Ding, yeah. it's really? It's not a knockout. It's not a knockout. You know. I'm
0: pretty certain that I know people who've taken it on the chin at a much larger rate.
1: And they took it on the cheek. Then is there where you I don't know. They got beat. And they got beat. They got beat, and uh, um, they got beat in no uncertain terms on the offensive side of the football. On the defensive side of the football, things look pretty good. So uh, this this goes back to kind of where we saw at the beginning of the year. We hoped we'd seen some different things, and maybe we have. But this game clearly played out about the way we kind of looked that that it might earlier in the year before the season started, which is Iowa was going to have a very good defense along the way. They do have a very good defense. It proves out, and their offense has some issues here and there. I think the biggest surprise is when Iowa is challenged offensively right now. It's it's what is the challenge, and it seems to be the offensive line and also Nate Stanley.
0: Oh, no question. And you know, when the before the season started, you were down more down on Nate than I was. I believe that Nate Stanley was ready to take the uh, quote unquote next step. And, you know, here's the interesting part that has played out. There's the last three big road games at Wisconsin, at Penn State, and now at Michigan, Iowa has failed to score a touchdown on offense. And Nate has not been Nate the Great, which I thought was interesting that Gus Johnson kept calling him that <laughs> um, throughout the the call on Saturday. But nevertheless, Nate has not been what we have seen him be at home for example going back to the uh iowa dismantling of ohio state in the way that he played in that game and and there's no question michigan's pass rush with eight sacks ten hurries um you know causing all sorts of havoc throughout the game really really got nate off of off of his game um, but I would typically finds a way to adjust to that, and uh, you know I have to ask ask this question: the right guard, which rarely gets mentioned unless he does something wrong, such as holding or something like that, was replaced in the in the middle of the game. Bantworth got hurt. Alaric um, Johnson Jackson was coming back uh, off, after being off for ba- effectively the first four games. He was clearly rusty. Kirk even took blame for putting him out out there and letting him go the entirety of the game. Those of us who've watched Iowa football for such a long time have grown accustomed to the Iowa offensive line playing well. And when it doesn't play well, it's it's almost a shock to your system.
1: Well, it, it is, and so we just you take it for granted. They know how to teach offensive line. They know they they set them up. They go to the pros. All of them get a chance in the pros, even if they even if they don't sign right away. So, why would it be that you could not have a solid offensive line? And I think um, it was pointed out by a couple of different um, reporters that the running game. Not it didn't, so. You mentioned Stanley having a tough time in those big games, but the rushing game has not only has not been there in any of those games as well. So it's not only been that the rushing game was bad, but these are historic level bad.
0: I mean, you're looking at you Well, know, Iowa ran the ball when the running backs ran the ball for like 66 yards on 18 carries, which 66 yards. Well, I mean, it's, it's not it's, great, it's, but you it's, Keep in mind, low. if you're going to run 70 plays, you need to run the ball more yeah, often. Yes. And yes. and in college football, sacks go against your rushing total, as opposed yeah, to we, the NFL, yeah, yeah. they go against your passing total. So, you know, Iowa had effectively had eight sacks for minus 65 yards, and that and that puts you behind the sticks. It ruins every every amount of flow that you have going. Offensively, Iowa had a 14 play drive that they got a field goal on. They had about a oh, eight. They, or nine holding
1: the zone, holding. Uh, yeah, sorry. Eight, eight,
0: or nine play drive, where they moved it down to about the twenty or twenty-five, and then a penalty, then sacks. And if you add in the fact that Iowa had four turnovers, eight sacks, and like eight or nine penalties uh, during the game, and only lost by a touchdown, if you're going to try and find silver lining here, that has to be it.
1: Well, the, the fact that that they kept coming back at them, and it wasn't so. It wasn't Wisconsin of a couple of years ago where. There was literally no movement of the football, right? Right. Iowa did move the football in this game. They they just kept getting shut and broken down and shut down in a number of different ways, shooting themselves in the foot. But they did win, they did move the football. Okay, so let's. It wasn't quite Wisconsin, and so you're right. Th- then you would have to look at that. Is there is a silver lining with that. it kept things interesting, right? This wasn't Penn State of a couple of years ago where you lost forty-two to three and you were beat. You're down fourteen to nothing before your head turned.
0: By now, the way, what happened right after that it, game? Right,
1: you go back and you beat Ohio State. At home. Oh, so, you beat Michigan. Yeah, was it Michigan? Yeah.
0: Yeah, 14-13 on the field goal. Lost to Penn State, came back, beat Michigan.
1: Oh, I thought it was lost to Penn State, came back, beat uh, State. It, we'd have to State. Depends look. on the year. Okay. Either way. Yeah, that's right. You're right. You're right. Um, so, but um, nonetheless, it's possible that this happens to it's, it's happened to many even in the, the uh, Big Ten Championship year of uh, 2003 they go to Arizona State they lose 42-7 to they go to 44. Michigan 44 you were there I was there and, and then they they lose uh, at Michigan the next week uh, 23-6 to or something like that then never never lose another game again. Right? right? They looked terrible in some of those games. So it's not like it can't happen. And what what I, I think that one of the things that that uh, we we see in in the in the social media age is the over emphasis uh, on hyperbole. Right? Well, it, it, it's the recent bias. Immediately, Iowa sucks. Right. right? Immediately. Oh, and by the way, I, I I had to hear I don't know a dozen times this week from different people. Michigan ain't any good. You just got beat by a bad football team. What, who, what are you talking about? They've got one loss to one of the best teams in the country on the road, and in a day they didn't play well. But they're four and one, and they very easily could win nine or ten games. They got as much talent as anybody in the Big Ten. I mean, let's let's slow down on how bad Michigan is. So this is a bad loss. We have to be it's the hyperbole surrounding. The one loss, I, I want to analyze why they lost and how they lost and talk about that. But let's not get crazy yet with, well, we're 8-4. We're going 8-4. and four. Yeah. Now, look, maybe I, I said 8-4 and four because of the fact that I thought Nate Stanley is what we saw the other day. He's, he's an average quarterback. He's got some good days and he's, he's got some bad average. days. He's not
0: average. How do you say that the well, he's he's, third mo- most passing yards in, in Iowa football is average? I would say... How do I say Randy that? Randy Reiner's was average. No. No, Randy Reiner's below average. Okay, so tell last, who's average? So
1: if you start as many games. Burmeister? I don't have my thing. Don't have my, my book with me. Oh. If you go with per, with per Chandler? Game, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. My point is. I'm
0: telling you, Nate Stanley is way below. above average, who's going for, to get a look in the National Football League for one, one reason only. He's 6'5", and he's got a cannon.
1: He's got. He may have a cannon, but he, right now he has no he gets, touch. But he, he would, has a cannon. We would all be lamenting had there not been a a, a, a applicable. By the way, a good holding call uh, against Iowa yes. in, in that fourth quarter. It was a good call, but uh, had oh, that's that not what, happened. I, I
0: never even got upset on that play because I saw the hold was called, it. and it was like, well, if he but just, he
1: he misses a wide open. Nate White. Well, it was off his
0: hands. At least at least he hit him in the hands versus. Uh, Penn State last year, he Over had a wide back. open Hawkinson in a ball that was uh, not yeah. even touched by human hands. This,
1: this is my point though: is there should never be a throw like that, right? If you're an above average quarterback, if you're an above average quarterback, there should never be a throw like that. If you're there an above be one, average
0: uh, radio host, you would, should never use the term "never" or "always."
1: I am not above average. I am thoroughly <laughs> average and it is it is room it, for improvement there's always room for improvement anyway interesting stats somebody was breaking down today and I think it was maybe been Chad Listicow in the register uh, Iowa on second down and how they went away from who they really are and I think early in the game they got they got down 10 to nothing right away and it felt like there was an avalanche coming like at Penn State a couple of years ago, right? It felt like this suddenly was going to be forty to nothing if you didn't do something. So you had to throw, you had to make some good things happen, you had to get back in it. And I think Iowa played the rest of the game like that, almost well, uh, almost forgetting. Boy, we're shutting them down. They're not scoring. You, Maybe we can just kind of because second down they threw two to three times as much on second down as they normally do.
0: Let me point to a a, a spot in the game. And that is the beginning of the third quarter, Iowa received the kick in the first play of the second half, torn young runs for like 14 yards.
1: Yep. Nice nice uh, counter. A little and then back. they threw yeah. the ball three straight times.
0: And it's like, ugh, run the football. Yep. And run yeah, Run the football. And, you know, obviously, you know, Sargent fumbles what for the first <laughs> time in his career uh, on the very first play of the game. And there's no question that that, bugged him the rest of the game um i see in your notes where was ikm it's a good question uh he's
1: now fourth on the depth chart they've they've moved goodson officially into the third spot so so
0: here's a question Tyler goodson
1: played it played a ton and played really well he there. played
0: really well he made a great catch but he's he proven himself uh now in the passing game as well As the rushing game, but you know what? Tyler Goodson doesn't do very well, and it's because he...
1: He's not not as good of a blocker as He weighs
0: 175 pounds, and you're asking him to chip on a defensive end or a linebacker who's coming at a full rate of force and just do the physics. Sheldon Cooper would be able to tell you that the mass of the person who's running at him with him basically standing still is not going to be able to hold up. And so... If we're going to go into past situations and going to keep guys in the block, maybe we take Goodson out and maybe we put in Freddie Ross. Well, maybe maybe we leave in Torn Young. Well,
1: where, where is first game of the year and second game of the year? They ran this two-back set, two, two backs flanked on either side of the quarterback, right? And those two have guys, we, not and we have that? not seen it again. They didn't run it once against, they have not run it since. And I don't understand because... They threw it for a touchdown on the first play of the game against uh, against Rutgers. They use, I mean, it, it it confuses. They don't, you know, it confuses the the other team as to where they're going. It's a lot easier to tell where they're going when they have the the one back set on one side because that's the side they're going to have. You know, you can go typically, the other way.
0: Typically, run to right. or whatever. So a right?
1: linebacker can just shoot the other gap, right? Then they see where that is. The nose tackle then goes the other direction, and then you know that guy shoots the other gap, and he's got to step across the quarterback to get him. It's, it's, it's no mystery. It's how Stanford got, got home against Iowa in the Rose Bowl. We sat there in the end zone and watched and went, okay, Iowa's run back is on this side. That guy's going to come up the other, the, other, the other shoot, right? And he's got to step over and try to get him. And guess what? They got us for, what, five sacks in that game? Right. So it's not hard to figure out. I think it's one of those deals where I know Brian figures that they should be able to execute it, but the other team knows what's going on too. And that two-back set seemed to be something I, I just couldn't figure out that why they wouldn't do that. The last thing I'll say is that I know it's not in their repertoire much, but maybe, 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 just a little toss sweep, something to get wide if you can't go up the middle.
0: Well, and you might have an opportunity to do that with a guy like Goodson who's got enough speed and quickness to evade the first guy, get out wide, and make a move and, you know, get you six or seven yards. And
1: he got some yards doing that. He did get some yards doing that. It's an interesting trade-off. He he is a
0: very talented running back. No question. And and we're going to be excited to have him for the next couple, three years. Um, you know, but I'd like to see more lightning and thunder because I thought Torin Young had an opportunity to have a good game the other day. Seemed like he was running the ball hard, running downhill, and we just, we went away from it. And, you know, when you make the mistakes that they made last week, whether it was the sacks or the penalties, uh, obviously the four turnovers, I mean, the. One of Stanley's interceptions on fourth down—that doesn't—I don't even hardly count that, but no, no. is what it is. But the other ones, you know, certainly were his fault, and you know he had a rough game. The Hawks can rebound, though.
1: They can. We're going to talk a lot more about that because Penn State's coming up this week, and that show should be a ton of fun. Okay, we'll be back on the Hawkeye Huddle right here from G Mix on seventeen hundred, the champ.
0: Back to the Hawkeye huddle with Dave Creighton Jr. and Brett Ridge on 1700, the champ. Real sports talk for real sports fans.
1: And we're back here in the Hawkeye huddle. Brett Ridge, Dave Creighton Jr. with you. G-Miggs in West Des Moines. I want to thank you to the other great sponsors as well. Kozlowski Law. And uh, I think Biz Koz is going to be coming down here for some dinner here in a little bit, so we'll see him. And uh, of course, our friends over at the Foundry, Foundry Distillery, found last Foundry Last Call, coming up here a little bit later on in the program. Well, we uh, we uh, have broken down a little bit about this game so far. Not talked much about holding and all that, so we'll get to that. Uh, we're, there's, but we do. Oh, Tom is on. Okay, so we've got Tom Caker from HawkeyeReport.com on the line with us now. Good afternoon, Tom.
2: Good afternoon, gentlemen.
0: Good to hear from you, Tom. How's things going in uh, Eastern Iowa?
2: Things are things are great.
0: Did you enjoy the press conference today?
2: Um. Yeah, it was uh, you know usual Tuesday uh, with the exception they added in the A uh, and F thing and uh, Matt Kroll will be honored on on uh, Saturday as the uh, ANF and wall of fame member which is well deserved given that he's you know farming out in uh, mount vernon and you know as part of the family farm so it's a cool deal for him it's been a cool deal ever since they
0: did the a yeah, and
1: <laughs> it has it has so tom you know on a day like this last saturday where you're in the press box and things are clearly going one direction uh at least offensively did do, do you do you are you able to sit there and see what you think maybe they should be doing differently, or was there anything occurring to you as they went? Because clearly, the Iowa coaching staff wasn't sure what they could do be beyond uh, beyond what they were doing, and the players weren't executing. Was it? But was there anything you saw that that maybe nobody picked up on?
2: Not really. Um, you know, we was talking to Stanley about that today, and just kind of revisiting what. What went wrong for him and and he was pretty um honest about it, and said they just did some things you know late in uh late in the clock that just kind of threw him off, and you know there was no time to adjust at that point in time, and you just kind of had to try and make the best out of a bad situation, and they ran some games up front um that that uh that I would just um, you know, wasn't prepared for, or I shouldn't say, wasn't prepared for. They just didn't didn't handle them well uh, at the time. In that combination of things, of some late adjustments, that just you know, he basically said we had to try to make the best out of a bad situation on some of those plays, and uh, and obviously it didn't work out real well for him uh, with uh, the eight sacks.
0: Tom, I know on Saturday Kirk took. Uh... Responsibility for Alaric Jackson and putting him out there when he was clearly rusty and never at con- least rotating anyone in over there to either give him a breather or, or anything like that. Did you get a chance to talk to A.J. today, or did Kirk speak to that anymore?
2: No, really didn't. Uh, we didn't get to talk to Alaric. He's usually not available on Tuesday, so we don't get to talk to him. We're uh, any of those guys. We had Linderbaum today from the offensive line, and um, you know, I, 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 I just think um, you no. Know, I'm I'm not sure. Alaric was unprepared. I just think that whole you know the, the interesting thing that you look at there is with the offensive line that group had not played a game together. Right. and wasn't with them early in the year either, and he limped off. Um, so. They really have not had that group, um, you know, in a, as a cohesive unit in a game. And it's a tough spot to put those guys out there, but they really didn't have any other. What's the alternative? Um, you know, I don't know that the alternative is as good as what they were able to put out there.
1: And the the line this week would it looks like on the two deeps that uh, they still have Banwort listed there, but is he? Is he available coming back, and and uh, or is uh, is shot even available coming back possibly?
2: I, I don't know the, the the way Kirk termed it with with Kyler Shot was that it was going to be a couple week thing. So I don't think we'll see him. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see if we see uh, if we see Bam Ward or not because he did limp off and um you know he's had that history of trouble with his ankle. So um, that has to be a a little bit of a cause of, for concern uh, heading into this weekend, especially against the Penn State team that last week, uh, you know, we know Purdue's beat up just about everywhere in their lineup. Uh, but that's a, you know, they had 10 sacks against Purdue. And they've got 25 on the season. So it's not like they've just done it to Purdue. They've done it to everybody. And that's a really good front Seven, um, you know, with including the linebackers that Penn State's going to maybe the most talented uh, front seven that they'll face uh, this year, at least in the regular season.
0: Well, and I, by my uh, watching of Penn State, certainly the quickest. Penn State's got some speed up there uh, on all from all seven of those guys, and so the Hawks are obviously going to have their hands full. I do like the fact this game's at home, though, uh, giving us whatever advantage it is from the snap count without uh, the crowd war in terms of being even even a millisecond behind, uh, which seemed to be the case up there in Michigan. So, obviously, I, I think I did read Tom earlier today that you kind of wrote that the team was over this; they had, they'd had moved on. There were some guys who went and watched the game afterwards on Saturday night even uh, in preparation for the film study. So how does Iowa rebound? What what sort of changes, which you and I and probably Brett would agree, aren't likely to be drastic as we come into uh, this week, other than the uniform change, which is quite drastic, uh, for the Penn
2: State game? Yeah, you know, they're going to be wearing that special uniform, but I, I don't think they really have to change a whole lot. They just have to play better. Right. Um, you look at you look at offensively, yeah, it was kind of gross at times because they just kept giving up the sacks and the unforced errors. You eliminate those, and, you know, I will probably play, you know, scores a lot of points. They were, it's interesting, they got, um, yeah, I went back and looked through the Play-by-play sheet, and they were inside Michigan's forty six times on Saturday, and they got three points out of that. And that's just, you know, if if you come up that empty in that area, that's that's going to be your undoing. And it was penalties, it was sacks, it was uh, you know, just weird things happening to them. Uh, and they've just got to execute better in that that you know kind of extended red zone, I guess, is what you would almost call it uh, they to get themselves you know the next you know fifteen to twenty yards so they can get um, you know at least get field goals out of some of those possessions
1: well, it certainly does get frustrating when you're when you are think you 're making headway and then and then you come away with nothing and um, over and over again, in fact, I think you start to kind of press a little bit harder. Uh, and you look back at things that could have changed, changed the game. There's all kinds of different things that could have changed the game. Boy, that hold in the end zone that didn't get called on uh, Oliver Martin there oh. in that first half. You know, I'm, I'm waiting for the Big Ten to make a statement because, by the way, an uncatchable ball is not applicable to well, defensive holding. Well, it's not if applicable.
0: you if you can't jump, how do we know it's not right, catchable? Right,
1: it's not. It's not. But. You know, those are the things that uh, that t- that this Iowa football team, and, and as a program, typically Iowa's been able to overcome things like that. And I, you just wondered, it just kind of all started rolling downhill the other day. What do you suppose it is uh, about, I mean, we're going back now several big games, Tom, where the offense has not shown up as a group. And I, we'll, we can lay it on Stanley, but you can also look at the running game what is it? our teams preparing that much better for iowa or are they mentally just not there are they or, or or what do you suppose it is about
0: these big games could, they have a tough could it time? be that the other team is really good well it's let him answer
2: okay yeah it, it, there is another team on the other side of the field that, yeah. that does have talented players so and they're also um you know uh they're also trying to win so um, there, there is that factor. It's just not this you know, um, blank slate that, well, it's just up to Iowa, and Iowa should win every time because they're, they're a better team. The other team's good, too. Um, and I know people hate to hear that, but that's just kind of the reality, um, that the other team has, has talented players. Um, I'll, I'll say this. Stanley's now 4-6 and six on the road in Big Ten play. And the four teams he's beat have been kind of bad teams. That Illinois team last year, the Indiana team last year. Um, they beat Minnesota, who came on last, at the end of last year, but at that time was not playing well. Um, you know, and they've and the six losses have all been um, closer games, I think, but they just haven't been able to make those plays. So uh, that you need to, to win games. I'll, I'll go back to the Penn State game last year where Iowa had – and stayed on the ropes in a big way with about three minutes left on the knocking on the door of going ahead 31 30. And just have a brain fart on the, on the goal line and, and turn the ball over. And that's just, that's kind of been the story of some of those games. You go back to a Northwestern game that's in overtime where you have a drop that just, you know, ends that game. So, um, it, it's, it's different things every time, but uh, you've got to play really good football if you're going to beat good teams on the road, and that means limit your mistakes and finish off drives and uh, get points at when you can, and, and they haven't been able to do that. Now, the good news is they're at home, and they've played really well at home, I think, uh, especially in these big spots, and uh, they don't have to go on the road for a couple of weeks, so um, you know, chance to get things right and then um, then you go on the road to uh, Northwestern later in the month.
0: Well, and certainly Northwestern struggling with their offense. So we'll talk about that as we get more close to that. Game. So that
1: yeah, they they are. But uh, it, at the very least, yes. Uh, so Saturday night, six thirty, ABC, big spot again. Nice that uh, they're on the on the ABC game of the week.
0: Does that I'll, mean you can watch it on Dish?
1: Uh, I... Dish is back with everything. Oh, okay. Yep, that whole thing uh, was resolved Sunday, I believe. So um, everybody's back in, in good stead. We can watch the Big Ten Network again, which right now uh, coincidentally is showing Iowa-Michigan from this uh, weekend. The 60 Yeah, 60 and game. 60. Um, anyway, so, you know, t- Tom, it's a big spot. You were around the kids today. It sounds like they flushed it. What do you, what do you expect to see?
2: Um, I think I was going to win this game. I, I just think they've knocked on the door with this Penn State team two straight years. You go back to two years ago and McSorley hits uh, Johnson in the back of the end zone as basically as time expires to to beat Iowa uh, in a great game. That was a really fun game to to uh, to watch and to be be there for. With uh, the exception of like the last the four seconds. Yeah, with the exception of the last four seconds of the game, but that was just. Uh, a really good quarterback making a great play, and I just couldn't get it done at the end. And then um, uh, last year they had they, Iowa had every chance to win that game too. So um, you know, I think uh, I think was going to win. I think it's going to be tight, um, but I think it's and I think it's probably going to be low scoring. Both I think they're like second and third in the country in points uh, least points allowed. So uh, that's that's kind of my guess and, and my uh, kind of view of this game. Well,
0: we can't wait to to be there on Saturday night and see what happens. And, uh, Tom, as always, we appreciate your contribution to Hawkeye Huddle.
1: And, hey, yeah. Yeah, uh, and uh, that,
2: Basketball Media Day tomorrow, yeah, too, guys.
1: Yeah, Remind everybody to uh, check out your website tomorrow. will be all kinds of good stuff for Basketball Media Day out of Tom's group. So uh, get out there and check it hey, out. Hey,
0: Tom, real quick, any chance Jordan Bohanna plays?
2: I just, you know, I just put up a note about that on the board in the lounge. Oh. Um, there's a little bit of a rumbling. I don't know. Really? We'll see what Jordan has to say tomorrow. But uh, Fran oh. kind of cracked the door open last week a little bit more than That's I thought. And uh, maybe a little bit more. We'll see. I, I'm really curious to see what Jordan says. But the door seems to be open a little bit.
0: Well, that's good to hear that would be a huge up upla- uptick for it, it, this basketball team it would
1: see. it's it's a it, you just I, I want for him the same thing he wants, which is a, a fully pain free year so if he's doing it to try to gut it out, I don't want him to do it you know I think right. I think it's going to be a really interesting year with what they've built and the t- the guys they brought in but uh, it'd be nice to see
2: so. hey thanks, Jordan, Tom, yeah. Jordan still has some hurdles to to climb yet yeah. um you know but uh there, there's a little bit more um of a possibility right now.
1: Uh, that's more than we thought there would be. So, Hey Tom,
0: are you going to Vegas?
2: Uh, probably going to Nebraska, unfortunately. Ah,
0: uh, all right. All right. I
2: get it.
1: All right, let's we got we'll wrap it up with Tom and we'll catch you next week. Thanks, Tom.
2: Okay, thanks guys.
1: Tom Caker at HawkeyeReport dot com will do that before we get to the commercial, but
0: yeah,
2: yeah, right. Really That's a good thing. Do
1: you do you like these 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 alternate uniforms that they were going to wear? This these uh, they look to me like my like pajamas.
0: Yes. And I just I when I first saw them, I really liked them. I'm glad they're staying with the black helmet. So well,
1: why wouldn't I? I wouldn't have minded the gold jerseys if you'd worn black pants. But you, I but I we don't need a color rush out of this. You know what I mean? I, it's it's it goes back to I feel like I'm watching Oregon Oregon. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see.
0: Kids like it.
1: I know. So I was talking to an Iowa State
0: fan who was talking about how much the kids love their black... Their, Jerseys. Those were, you mean the charcoal gray? I don't know, whatever you want to call whatever they Somebody were Somebody looked last out week.
1: there the other day and said Texas Tech was, or Texas uh, Christian was having an inter squad scrimmage because yeah, that's no that, what they wear, right?
0: Exactly. I, I, I couldn't stand it. I
1: just think, so I don't mind doing it once every two years, which is what Iowa does, right? Hey, what the, I mind, the
0: black ones they did against Minnesota a couple years ago were fantastic. I, I like
1: those. I'm So every once in a while, it's fine to switch it up. Every once in a while, once a year. Maybe once every two years. Well, but what I don't like is what Iowa State does, and, and some of these other schools, where it's you've got six different jerseys for six different home games. I, I'm just going to say it this way: I don't think you have an identity as a program if you can't figure out what you're going to wear
0: or what your colors are. Or what
1: your colors are, right? They don't. Yeah, the black jerseys for Iowa State; those are that's not one of your colors, you know. It's, it's if, you, they, if they came out in lime green and, and shamrocks, you wouldn't be Notre Dame, but you sure as heck would look like them, and you wouldn't look like Iowa State. There you go. So I just, I just think you should do that. But oh, that's anyway.
0: a great ridge, bitch. There you go.
1: I, I enjoyed it. I didn't get a good reaction to the bar the other day from our Iowa State fans. on I'm glad that. I got it out of here. We'll be back. Wrap things up here on the Hawkeye Huddle on 1700, the champ.
0: You're listening to the Hawkeye Huddle with Dave Creighton Jr. and Brett Ridge on 1700 The Champ, Real Sports Talk for Real Sports Fans. And we're back here in the Hawkeye Huddle, Brett Ridge, Dave Creighton Jr. With you. I know I'm turning it down. Don't freak out. I'm trying to turn us up so those so of us, everybody else can hear. Can, can just hear turn us. my
1: headphones down. And that's what ahead. I was
0: trying to do. No, keep going. Which one are you? That's me. But that's the that's the mic. Now, which one's the mic? That's the head. The upper one's the head nose. All right. See, there, there you, you go. go. Nope. Nope. Too much. There too, you go. Too much what? Like anyway, that. Kahuna, can you hear us? All yeah. right. That's Across a thumbs the bar. up. All
1: right.
0: Anyway, so. Big thanks to our uh, now pseudo the... sponsor in Kahuna. <laughs>
1: now we've got the reverb. I don't know why. <laughs>
0: That's because your eardrum, your, your inner ear, you need to have that fixed. And I, I do need to have. I have a lot of I would turn and look at hey, you, but you, I don't so think
1: I can. You know who's a budding star on the Iowa football team? Um, it's not the punter. No, it's too bad that that has. He's he's got some talent, but it, it does. It's not consistent yet. No, I'm talking about uh, Mr. Geno Stone, the next great defensive back out of the University hey, of No Iowa. question. Um, Boy, did he play
0: good the other day. Oh, Geno Stone, number nine. At one, ta- uh, had one tackle where he came up, and, he ran know, through. He ran through six guys untouched, made it, made an open field tackle, and took a probably a play that was going to go for twenty five yards. Hey, there's your holding on oh, Oliver Martin is, right on there. the sixty on sixty. Yeah. Anyway, and and held it to a, a two yard two yard gain. He is extraordinarily good, and uh, Jack Kerner will be the next Jake Gervas. Brett Greenwood, so on, and so forth, right? Sean Constantine, yes, he's he's
1: that, and it, well, it, it, he's in that mold of a kid who comes and Kirk was talking about it today, a kid who comes and prepares as a starter prepares. He gets ready and prepares as a starter should prepare, and with Geno Stone, has come down to the kid since he since he showed up at Iowa, you could tell he took good angles to the football. He had he had the the nose and the knack for how to get there in Is the right spot. I think he's a junior, isn't he? I don't know, but um, I feel like I should know that. Yeah, but he—he um, he certainly played great the other day. I'm tell you what, I, there's no way I know that it's going to be nice because Matt Hankins will probably be back at least a little bit this week um, and playing. They're going to work him in slowly, but uh, they'll still we'll still see some DJ Johnson, obviously. And that tell you what, that kid—that kid was a fairly highly recruited kid, by the way, and, and you know, so they threw him in a little bit early. And he had a few uh, hiccups, but he's played really well. He only gave up ten points. I know Michigan's offense is, is a mess, but let's not get too crazy about the fact that they couldn't do anything against that Iowa secondary.
0: Well, Iowa held them to less points than Wisconsin. There you go.
1: That's <laughs> boy. Now we sound like Nebraska. Or Iowa is there State, any don't chance we?
0: like it can be a comparative score? We outscored them in the last three quarters. Boy, three you to wa- zero. You want to see? Uh, did you watch in the end of
1: Nebraska Northwestern game? No. Okay. You want to see a missed pass interference call. Northwestern has the biggest beef in the world for who? guy running across the middle and just takes one across the chops. Down he goes. The ball Before the ball was thrown, and he was the receiver. And then magically, he's not there when the ball gets there because he's laying on the ground writhing in pain. And Nebraska intercepts the ball, and they get to go down and score and win. Anyway, they're not good. So it'll be it's interesting. Well, neither to one of those yeah,
0: teams are real I, good. I don't think
1: so. And the question we were talking about earlier is: Minnesota any good at this point at five and zero? You have to say, you know what? They're not too bad. Big is you know. nodding yes. Well, you can't say they're not. They're five and zero. You know until they, until they get beat, you, you can't say anything. And granted, they haven't played anybody. But so what?
0: Well, they've everyone they've played they beat.
1: Yep. And Iowa doesn't have that distinction anymore, do No, it? we don't. No, All right, so don't. as we take a look at Penn State, Penn State has rolled up some big numbers here and there, and yet it, and in a couple of other games, the only real decent defense they ran up against in Pitt, uh, they had to struggle to win 17-14. to 14. Um, I, I think that they've overpowered a, a couple of teams, uh, gotten some teams late the other day. They got
0: on uh, Purdue real early and real easily, but well, Purdue's did, not very good. I don't I was, I was surprised. I was surprised they only scored seven points in the second half. And I, obviously, I wasn't watching the game as I was watching the Hawks, um, and was a little disappointed in the 28-and-a-half uh, versus twenty-eight. But that's <laughs> a whole other discussion. In Penn State, in the first half was rolling, scored twenty-one quick. I think they got up twenty-eight-seven, and then it just they flattened out mm-hmm. and finished the game thirty-five-seven the other day. Purdue is completely beat up has no offense, um, no Rondell Moore, no, they're starting quarterbacks out, and all of those things that are going on are really, really detrimental to them. Iowa doesn't have those issues right now. No. We, we have a senior quarterback who's started for three years who we believe ought to be able to come out on Saturday night and do some big things for Iowa in big spots, get those first downs, keep the chains moving, and hopefully lead the Hawks to a victory.
1: And... Uh, Penn State did sack Purdue the other day ten times, so you have to think about that. But I, I think we we were we blushed over the sacks a little bit uh, in our first segment. There's a couple things to think about these sacks. Uh, these sacks that uh, the eight against Michigan were not all caused by one thing, right? Some of it was what Michigan was doing. It so you know some of it was. Nate not getting rid of the ball when he should have gotten rid of the ball. No some, question. Of it, some of it was that his receivers were blatantly being held down the field and he had nowhere to throw. You know right? what I
0: love about Ridge? We, we are Scott. always being held.
1: Well, you uh, don't, now, don't give me his, that. You know as well Let me as watch
0: this play right here and yeah. see if someone is being held. Uh, well, actually, it right there. <laughs>
1: right there. Right there. He's got two arms around him. Right there. Oh, Round You know that's
0: some great radio. Ridge yeah, pointing po- at the TV. Right, on the and
1: you're, 60, just watching on 60. It, you're just watching him. But watching there's no
0: him. question. I mean, even that sack that just happened there. Nate has an opportunity to throw the ball, and he's either not throwing it because he doesn't feel like he's got a window, or he doesn't have the ability to throw the ball down in the ground by the feet of someone.
1: That's he, weird. It's sort of a weird thing, doesn't it? Is, well, he, does he's been, been called it, for
0: intentional it? grounding twice, throwing the ball out of bounds while being in the pocket this season
1: then he ran out of bounds in the beginning of the second half cuz he was like he just forgot that he could throw the ball out of bounds and you hey you're out of the pocket now you can do that yeah it's it's an in-
0: interesting thing he's this is
1: this is the key okay there's a there's two keys to this game one can Iowa figure out how to sure up what, what went wrong offensively the other night in terms of the blocking schemes I and have guys great up. faith
0: in our head coach and our, our offensive that, line. Right? I feel good about that. Be able about to that. fix that.
1: I think the next thing is, does Nate Stanley show up and play as is is big game Nate, a real big game Nate, not the one that we've seen?
0: Let me ask you this. And
1: That doesn't mean he has to go 40 for 45. It means he has to go 24 for 30, right? I understand that. No
0: interceptions. Does, does the Iowa defense which we haven't seen lately, and the Iowa defense has been spectacular, top five in the country in scoring defense. Are they able to give Iowa short fields by either causing a turnover, sack, uh, forcing, you know, instead of third and two or fourth and one, punting fourth and 15, well. in, those, in those kinds of things. Do we, do we actually let A.J. Go, go crazy and say, screw the run, we're going to bring the weak side linebacker up. You've got the run. A.J., go get the quarterback.
1: It, 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 think, talk about a, a couple of plays that could have changed the game the other day. Again, Michigan fumbled twice in that first quarter. Oh. In, 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 in both you know, times, in, the,
0: ball, the Hawks were right. around the ball and Michigan recovered. Right.
1: I mean, these are little bounces of the ball that end up changing things. That as ball the game isn't rolls. round, as right. is my good friend and, and,
0: John Delaney and in Sioux Falls always told me. That everything ball just round. plays
1: out from there, right? Iowa gets a touchdown instead of a field goal down there. How does that play out? All right, I I would say this. I I think since we had that type of a game this last week, you can flush all that away, and I think it'll be a cleaner game this week. I think Iowa's turnovers, you put that in a thing of the past, and you're going to be looking at Penn State trying to do some of the same things Michigan did. I do think they'll give up a couple of sacks. I think they'll give up two or three sacks in this game, but it's not going to be the eight-sack sieve that we had the other day, and I I, I hope that we won't see as many holding calls for Iowa, as they, as they try to, to uh, move the ball against Penn State. I
0: certainly would hope that as well. So, we're going to give the Foundry Distillery their last call a little bit extra time.
1: So, you mean so that I don't have to do it while the music's
0: playing? That's exactly right. Okay. And because we lost, you get to go first.
1: Oh, that's the way that works, isn't it? That's right. It? That's the way that it works. Well, I, do, uh, I like the fact that Tyler Goodson's playing a lot more. I, I think, though, if we see issues, I'd like to see him go back with the I- IKM. I wouldn't mind that. Uh, but I like Tyler Goodson in there earlier and often like they did the other day. Um, I like what Iowa, can, what Iowa can bring to the table. I think it's a better football team than we showed the other day. I like the way the defense has been playing. So I'm feeling okay about this. I think I stretched a little bit last week. I, I, I went for it, and I don't think I really felt it. But this week, I really do feel it. But this is still going to be pretty close, 20-14 to 14 Hawks.
0: Well, no, no question this is going to be a close football okay. game. And uh, I, think, I think the Hawks have a couple of things going for them. I think the night game atmosphere at Kinnick is a, is a big deal. Um, now Penn State was able to come back from that, as we would discuss with Tom Cakert there
1: last time around. Uh, yes.
0: Last time around, and, and hit a touchdown basically uh, on the last play of the game. They don't have McSorley back there. They don't have Jackson back there, a wide receiver. They're talented. They don't have Saquon Barkley either to bail him out on a third on yeah. a third and fourteen. Boy, did he flip him yeah. the ball, and all of a sudden he runs over three guys and gets you a first down. I rarely pick about against the Hawks. I think we have done fifteen years, thirty shows, let's call it four hundred and fifty shows. I bet I would get guess that I've picked against the Iowa football team no more than a dozen times. I think they lose. I'm I am hate to say this. I think they I think something happens weird and they, they lose the game and it's at the end again and it's 20-17 to 17, Penn State, and I don't know if it's a touchdown or a field goal that beats them, but somehow Iowa gets ahead in the fourth quarter and doesn't try to go for the jugular and tries to rely on the defense, and Penn State gets a ball with four minutes well, to go. that's what happened last time. And Penn that's State exactly. gets a ball with four minutes to go and starts, drives down and kicks a field goal. It's deja a vu
1: all over and again. It's going
0: to drive me and the guys who sit right behind me at the football stadium crazy. And and the reliance on your defense does wear on your football team. When your defense isn't, when you're playing Ben don't break, as opposed to screw this, we're going to go after them and try and cause some things. You know, the second half of that Michigan game, Iowa blitzed quite a bit. We sent corners, safeties, linebackers. All kinds of things. Did you see? The, I mean, the, the I love the set,
1: which is uh, ten guys on the line, one one guy playing safety, and then you don't know what's going to happen. And as soon as they start barking out, then guys start moving. Right? I loved it. It was it was fabulous to watch that happen. And if you're fast enough to do that, it is conv- it is confusing, and it's one of the things that could be an advantage. Sounds to me like you you're. You, you're going on a feeling here more than you're, go- you're I, hooked
0: on a feeling. I perhaps may be going George Costanza here, which is usually your role. But I'm I'm taking the points, but I think they're going to lose. All right. Well, hopefully we'll be wrong. I hate to say that. And I hope I'm wrong.
1: Appreciate everybody helping us out on the program today, including Tom Kekert from HawkeyeReport.com. I'm Brett Ridge. Dave Creighton, Jr. Join us next week right here on the Hawkeye Huddle.